0: Appreciate your time. Thank you for joining me. A lot of uh, a lot of crazy stuff going on back in the states right now. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, I've seen. Uh, w- were you were you in D.C. when everything was happening over there?
1: Um, yeah, it, w- it was pretty crazy. It was pretty yeah. crazy when he went out there. He went out there. He went. We saw the president speak. Um, and yeah, man, it just it just. Um, I don't think anybody could have anticipated that happening. Mm. That was the, like, look, I was more concerned with. Um, some kind of crazy attack or something, you know, negative happening, somebody setting up bombs or, you know, something yeah. to just derail everything that's going on or people just want yeah. to be malicious. I was more concerned yes. with that happening than like storming the Capitol. It's like, come on, bro. Ain't nobody getting in there. Remember what happened yeah. last summer when BLM yeah. tried to raid the thing and then the guy got shot and all this stuff? I'm I like, know. yeah, ain't nobody going, nobody's going in the Capitol. Yeah. And after seeing videos of these officers just opening the gates, letting them walk in, and I see videos of people handing them pipes and you know, people dressed as Antifa, changing their clothes into MAGA gear in the bushes, and I'm like, there's a lot of evidence that this was not the conservatives that did this. But you know, the, the mm-hmm. media doesn't care. The people that voted for Biden don't care. All they care about is Orange Man Bad is gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though all this evidence is out here, nobody wants to hear it. The same way, you know, You've got video evidence. You've got thousands of sworn testimonies. They don't want to hear it. They still don't care. You know? Why do you um, think
0: that? Why do you think that is? They're just letting why that do I think go? they don't care? Yeah.
1: Because I and me, me personally, you know. And this is this is rabbit hole stuff. I can't fully confirm this. What I can confirm for sure is that Joe Biden is three million percent compromised by the mm. CCP. That is a fact. Okay. The CCP, a Chinese Communist Party. Okay. Yeah. So he's a Chinese Communist Party. Completely compromised. You know, you've received billions of dollars from these guys. Your son has received billions of dollars from these people. You're funneling them with the money back into the United States. Literally a lot of this stuff was all on Hunter Biden's laptop. To make things even crazier, is there was a website. Uh, I don't recommend anybody go on there because there's some pretty shady, there's some pretty disgusting things yeah. on that laptop that, um, not for the faint of heart, I would say. Yeah. But dot, .dot .net or dot .gov, I believe it is, a Chinese um, news agency, they leaked everything that was on that laptop. You know, well, a lot of all the footage, I should say, that was on that laptop. And it's not the best kind of stuff you want to see, you know. But uh, even with all that being said, with Joe Biden getting live on television in front of the Council of Foreign Relations and talking about strong arming the Ukraine and and if they don't fire the prosecutor investigating my son, you're not getting the money. I'm like, look, when I started to see this, I'm like, listen, the, the fraud has gotten to a point where... We, it seems that the Democrats, and I won't even call them the Democrats, I'll call them the Marxists at this point, because, mm. you know, what the Democrat Party used to be, and and, and and from my perspective, the Democrat Party has never had the interest of African Americans, let me just say that off the bat, but yeah. growing up, the, the Democrats always had like this, this nice facade, at least, of, of being like a, a the, par, the, the party of the people, the truth and justice and all that, and I would, I would go as far as to say after Barack Obama. You know what I mean? Because while Barack Obama was there, like, you know, every – especially – and, and we're talking first-term Barack Obama. Everybody got behind Barack Obama, dude. Yeah. Everybody yeah. thought he was the guy. He's Dude, I, I thought he was the guy. I voted for him the first time, you yeah. know? And then the second time around, he ran in um 2020. Still kind of the guy. People still liked him. I didn't vote for him the second time. At that point, I came out of the military. I'm like, this guy is not the person for me. And, 2016, uh, you mean? The, the 2016 race, yeah. 2016, so okay. 20, 2008, I voted for him. 2016, that's the the secondary thing, right? Yeah. And, you know, it seems like after he left office, the ideas of the Democrat Party started to shift further and further to the left to the point that it went off a cliff and underground and came right back out and over to the left again. Like, it went really, yeah. really left. And... Um, I believe that it's like when you're in that crowd, when you're in that group, when you're with those people, uh, the facts don't necessarily matter. It doesn't really matter at that point, because at the end of the day, if you're on our team, we're going to back you, um, whether you like it or not. I mean, we've got Chinese spies that are sleeping with other Democrat congressmen in California. Dianne Feinstein employed a Chinese spy for over 20 years. You know, a lot of these people are married to suspected spies. It's very... It's funny because it's like they based an entire impeachment on the president, on the dossier, the Steele dossier that turned out to be fake. They knew it was fake. They didn't admit that it was fake until after the investigation, after millions and millions of dollars were spent. But you still did it anyway to try and demonize and put a a stain on on his record and, and his name. And nothing came of it because none of it was true. They were even willing to spend time to impeach the president on his way out. Like you can't impeach a president yeah. who's not in the chair. So when I see that, I'm like, you're doing this purely for the virtue signal, because if he does run in 2024, yeah. you're gonna be like, You want a criminal who to run? He was impeached yeah. because he did this. Like we all voted on it. See, see, look, w- you yeah. it's a it's a cool kids club and we ain't in it. The truth yeah. be told is Donald Trump ain't no Republican. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like he's not a Republican. And I am and it's it's funny because like about halfway through his um his term so that kind of came to terms with that because i remember back in the day donald trump you know he would donate to democrats kind of supported the democrats and stuff like that but yeah. he's a democrat you know yeah. he was always for from 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 what i've seen you know uh he, he's always been the guy that everybody wanted to be like i didn't want to be like him i didn't like trump as a kid you know yeah. but everybody wanted to be like him you know he was you know giving to charities doing all kinds of stuff he was one of the first people to desegregate his golf courses you know yeah yeah the media doesn't talk about a lot of that. stuff. Not at you know all. Know what I'm saying not at all. NAACP awards, all these things. They say today they see him do anything for the African American community, and it's because he's a racist and he wants to get our support. No, yeah, it's he's like
0: he's pandering.
1: Right. It's like I said the same thing in a NTD interview that I did when I was in DC, and they said that oh, well, like look in 2016 donald trump won with six percent of the african-american vote twenty twenty he got about twenty one percent of the african-american yeah. male vote, you know which yeah. is still pretty freaking significant compared yeah. to like not having it before so i'm like if you didn't even have those numbers the first time why is he going to need them now especially yeah. against someone like joe biden hillary yeah. clinton was a far more credible threat, threat than joe biden was hillary clinton had the time hillary clinton had the influence and hillary wasn't losing her mind yeah she was still sharp <laughs> You know what I mean? She's definitely a far—Biden hid the entire time, you know? So when I when I see that kind of stuff, I'm like, this is 100% a setup and a half, you know? And it, it hurts. It, it really hurts to see the direction that our country's going in because it's like we're at a point where it's like facts don't matter. We're in a post-truth yeah. world, you know? No matter how much truth you put out, no matter how much evidence is out there, because it contradicts someone's narrative or someone's um, belief system, they're going to go against it 100%, whether it's true or not. Yeah, You know, and um, it's been unfortunate, but I believe that's the reason why they are where they are, man. They're all a part of the club, and I believe a lot of these congressmen, these senators, the people in the Supreme Court, a lot of these guys who who stabbed people in the back when they didn't have to, mm. they got some kind of deal at the table. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. Kelly Loeffler, I'll be – like, Everybody thought that, you know, maybe she was going to pull through or she was going to, you know, stand up for the president, even though she supposedly lost her race, which I believe 3 million percent was. You know what I mean? Yes. Stacey Abrams just so happens to be to re- related to one of the judges in Georgia. OK, yeah, no conspiracy there. None at mm. all. Machines start going down, pipes breaking, all these excuses, ballots being pulled from under tables, on video, thousands of people swearing with the penalty of perjury before the court and sworn yes. testimonies. Yet it's all garbage to these people because you, these people want their seat at the table, and if the truth comes down as to what they do, they got a lot to lose, you know. So they're gonna yeah. work overtime trying to, to try to and, uh, and, and portray that narrative. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh you know you always hear people complaining about police officers backing each other regardless of whatever was done if it was illegal, but
1: it's like politicians do the exact same thing. Oh yeah, and I think that's a terrible thing because it's like. What our our party needs now more than ever, and it's it's, it's sad because former politicians, absolute scumbags, I'm not going to call them out by name, but I've had conversations with former politicians who would say, man, you know, I know you want to get in Congress, but you know, there's not much you're going to get done because you have to vote with the Democrats, if the Democrats put out, you have to vote with the Republicans, if the Democrats put out a bill. And even if it's a good bill, you can't support that bill. you got to tell the party line. And I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. And I'm like, that's exactly yeah. why our country goes nowhere, because you yeah. guys are so worried about the click that the country suffers. And when yeah. the country suffers, you don't care. But then you'll come back home, and then you'll campaign about, oh, how I'm going to fight for you, when in reality, you just want to fight for your team.
0: Mm-hmm. You want to
1: fight for your clique, for the guys that you swore an allegiance to, to the lobbyists who gave you a couple thousand dollars, to the yeah. politician that puts you on that committee. You know, and we all got to suffer for it at the end of the day. Me personally, and it's one of the reasons why I believe that that, that many of these politicians, and I do that in quotes because they're not real people. The job of a politician right. is to represent the people. These people don't represent the people. The reason why I, I feel that I'm a threat, to, well, not even why I feel, I am a threat. It's quite obvious throughout this race from what I've seen. I've, I've got political hitmen trying to destroy my character. We've got lots of lawsuits coming out. That lady's going to get sued very bad. She doesn't even realize it yet. She's going to get sued very bad. Um, serious defamation cases. You know, um, people that have been sent. You know, political operatives have been sent to try and to try and, and destabilize what I'm doing. You know, because when you when you when, when these politicians have been running their campaigns and running their party in a way for such a long time, they get complacent and they get really cool. And then here comes a guy who's nothing like you. He doesn't act like you. He doesn't roll like you. He doesn't subscribe mm-hmm. to any of the beliefs that you do. I'm going to do the complete opposite, and I'm actually going to do what's right for the people. That's a threat to their to their system. It's like, hey, we've been making right. a lot of money doing what we're doing right now, just being scumbags and laying back. And here comes this random guy who wants to kind of try and mess this up. we got to try and destroy him, even people from within the Republican Party. In fact, I get no flack from the Democrat Party. That's going to shock a lot of people. Even right. though Bill Pascrell, who I'm going up against, and I will go up against in 2022, last, last race, he raised like $1.4 million or something in that ballpark, you know, Raised a lot of money. He never threw a single punch at me. In fact, he avoided me like the plague, which, in my opinion, was a quite it was a it was a pretty smart strategy. Two yeah. so I have to be a little bit more crafty with yeah. getting this guy out into the light, so that's okay. But a lot of the attacks, in fact, all the attacks that I got were from the state GOP from the Hmm. GOP, from the county chairs, from these little weaklings inside of these little Republican groups, these little, I've never been punched in the face, no street smarts, I have no idea how the world works, but I want to hang with the cool kids who call themselves Hmm. Republicans, and we roll together, we smoke cigars, and I will never, ever go out and knock a door and grow the party. (laughs) If I won't even knock a door, I'll never come into Patterson, I'll never go into Irvington, Newark, any of these inner cities, and try and talk about being Republican. I'll get shot. These people are cowards, you see? And the reason why our party's failing is because they're cowards. This is a cool kids club to them. And to me, I take it extremely personally because the Democrats, the Democrats are going to Democrat, all right? They've been doing it for the past 40, 50, almost 60 years, right? The Republicans, on the other hand, they're doing nothing, and they're allowing them to Democrat. And if you allow them to continue to do that, you make excuses like, oh, we got to win these races that we can actually win, which are out here on the outskirts and in the suburbs and these little tiny podunk cities that have, like, a population of, like, maybe 10,000. But you want to avoid the large cities, where there's hundreds of thousands of people, where if you turn the tide, you'd lock it. Mm. But they don't want to do that. They want to focus on the small fries. And then here comes a guy who, in fact, even before me, Dr. Hector Castillo, my mentor, who's guided me through this race, Peruvian guy, you know, very soft spoken, you know, I mean, very awesome until he starts speaking in Spanish. This guy is a G when he <laughs> starts talking, but he starts like talking politics in Spanish, bro. Yeah. he's too close, you man. Like, he's, he really uh, knows yeah. what he's talking about. But, um, you know, he did fantastic. 2016, he got, uh, what was it, 65,000 votes, which is the most any Republican has ever gotten in the ninth district ever. Hmm. And then I run in 2020. And then I shift the goalposts by thirty thousand more votes. Now, to be fair, I mean to be fair, on the le- a couple of days before, um, well, not even a couple of days, a couple of hours, I should say, before election night actually ended, we were looking at about one hundred and twelve thousand votes. was mm-hmm. still had a lot more than me, of course, but then yeah. suddenly those numbers disappeared, and no, we're no longer at eighty, we're no longer at eighty-nine percent. Now we're back to eighty-one percent. Those votes shifted. The following day, we go back to eighty-one percent, and now we end off. No, no. It ends up The following day, it jumps to ninety-seven percent. But now I've got 98,362, and he has two hundred and three thousand something. Very interesting. Regardless, even with the little randomness that they were playing with their game, I still shifted thirty thousand votes that the Republican mm. Party could have never, ever, ever done. Why? Because I came into inner cities like Patterson. I came into the city that I've lived in my entire life. The average person here is conservative. They just don't yeah. know it. A and lot this is of New Jersey. New Jersey, we're talking about, right? Yeah, we're talking New Jersey here. You know what okay. I mean? Like a lot of the average people we talk to are conservative, especially black people. You said you're, you're, you're Mexican, right? Oh, yeah, so you know yeah. very. I'm, I'm pretty sure you have like you know very deep religious roots, you know. Yep. Like, come on, a lot of these people who are who 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 are are typically very religious, very family oriented, who are very God fearing and, and have these yeah. kind of beliefs, they tend to be conservative. Yeah. One group is really like that in the inner city. The African American community is very God is very is yeah. very God fearing. They're very family oriented. Yet they're subscribing to a bunch of policies that don't work for them. Yeah. I mean, another one of the reasons why I'm relearning Spanish. I used to speak it fluently. I just don't use it and forgot most of it. But yeah. one of the reasons why I'm relearning it again is because I was actually not. I shouldn't not not shocked, but it. it, it it reaffirmed what I what I thought going in because the doctor was telling me oh, a lot of Spanish people are conservative. I was like, I don't see that, man. I see a lot of them with the Democrats. So I was a little bit iffy. And the doctor he told me, was like, Billy, I'm telling you, bro. Like I'm telling you because I ran, I ran against Pastorel. I know the guy. I promise you, bro. There are more there are more Hispanic Republicans in, the, in Patterson. You'd be very surprised. And it's funny. So I'm going through, you know, the 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 the, the, the list of um, of registered voters in Patterson, and what do you know? About 80 percent. Of the conservatives, Perez, Villanueva, yeah. you know, like they're all Hispanic, and I'm like, wow, yeah. well, you know, he's not lying, and it's true. And the truth is, most of the people that are on these lists, they don't go out and vote, and I don't blame yeah. them. They don't go out and vote because, like, why am I going to go out and vote for what? They don't listen to me anyway. Mm. They told me that nobody could ever win this race. This race is going to be a lock. You're going to lose no matter what you do. There's nothing you can do to actually change it or move the goalposts forward, right? Okay, so you tell me that it's locked as a Democrat, and that's not true, because when I started to look up the numbers, right, and doing the um during the election, there was 202,000 and something registered Democrats. On the low end, okay. Bill Pascrell gets about 145, 155, or something like that. On the high end, 165,000, but he's never gone past that point, right? Except for 2020, but okay. You know what I mean? I'm talking in the past 12 years, and even if you wanted to go further from before we were in the 9th district, we were in the 8th district. If you went all the way from 1997 up until now, he's never gone past 165,000. But this just so happened to be the year that he goes past that. Let me let you in on a little funny secret. There's a guy named John Curry. John Curry is the chairman for the Passaic County Democrats, right? Passaic County is the county I live in, that's the county that Patterson is in, right? Patterson's yeah. also the largest city in the district that controls about, I would say, 55% of the voting block, right? So if you don't campaign yeah. in Patterson, you lose by default, you, there's, there's yeah. no winning. It is, it is what it is, you know? And it's done like that by design. So w- w- with that being said, with most of these uh, with most of these votes coming from Patterson, I about 55% of the votes In the uh, the ninth district, you don't win Patterson, essentially you're going to lose, right? So when we're looking at the, when when I'm looking at the the numbers of this race and I saw how Dr. Castillo did, I was like, okay, everything that he's saying is true. So John Curry is the, uh, he is the chairman for the Passaic County Democrats, right? Now it's even funnier. Can you take a wild guess who the New Jersey state Democratic chairman is? Same guy. John Curry. Yep. There we go. Can you guess who's the cha- who was the chairman for the 2020 Board of Elections? I'm
0: going to take a wild guess and say uh, same guy.
1: John Curry. No conflict of interest, apparently, though. Nobody yeah. says anything about that. It was totally legitimate based on the way that they pulled us off. So the thing that I'm saying is, like, while the GOP would tell me that we, you can't win this, the Passaic County chairman, the Republican chairman, Peter Murphy, in my mm. opinion, hands down, the biggest political scumbag I've ever crossed in my entire life. Good guy. Yeah. Cool guy to smoke a cigar, or have a beer with politically. Hands down, a demon. Big time demon. Mm. Not someone you want to get in bed with. He is the godfather of Bill Pascrell's son's child. Something mm. to that effect. He's good friends with this person. Pascrell comes to his bar all the time, they hang out all the time. He told me to my face that, listen, we don't support Pascrell, we're just not going to support you. You got to understand that Pascal is a friend of mine. Interesting. You also you also run the the campaigns for the Democrat freeholder of Passaic County. You two are buddy buddy. You're friends, and it's not a secret. That picture I posted on my Instagram of the two of the, those guys sitting up there. The guy yeah. on the far left, Terry Duffy, a Passaic County um Passaic County um freeholder Democrat guy. Nice guy. Go was born all the time. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Peter Murphy, far right. Nice guy. Politically, though, you're not the guy. Because the moves that you guys are making for you and your friends and your pockets harms me and everybody in my city and everybody in the district. At our detriment, they do this kind of stuff. So I can't sit for that kind of stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. you keep propping up this guy. You're allowing these guys to do what they do. I mean, and and, and to make matters worse, I'm like, listen, how, how do we expect to win if before I got into this race, how do we expect to win if we're gonna put a guy like Tim Walsh, the guy I ran up against, right, mm. to run in the ninth district? He was gonna—he was their front runner. He was their choice. You didn't go into Patterson. You didn't go into Total. You didn't go anywhere in the district. You chose a guy who doesn't even live in Passaic, Hudson, or uh, Bergen County. He does though. You don't live mm. in Passaic or Hudson County. He lives in Bergen County, but he doesn't live in the district. He lives all the way in No Man's Land in Ramsey. What does he know about what's going on in Patterson and Clifton and Passaic and Fort Lee and Hackensack and, and, and all these places? He doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. You don't know, and you don't care.
0: Yeah, it makes a big difference when you're there. It's kind of, you know, speaking about something like that, what do you feel about, like, police officers that live outside of their community? Do you think that's also something that police officers should live in their community, or what do you, you know what's think about funny about
1: that? you saying that? It's like, so... I'm going to play devil's advocate on both sides
0: because yeah.
1: my initial That's what I
0: do too. Yeah, yeah. I always kind of contemplate both sides.
1: Right. Because like one of the, one of my biggest supporters um, in this race has been the police, which okay. really surprised me because like I, I wanted to do police reform, not in the way that yeah. these, these maniacs are talking about it. I'm talking yeah. about accountability and incentivizing good behavior from police officers. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. you see someone being a scumbag, you should be rewarded for, you know what I mean? It is what it is. Yeah. But and a lot of these officers agree with me. So in this situation, with um, should police officers work inside of district or inside of their city? Initially, I say yes, hmm. right? Because yeah, it's your this is your officer. This officer should be able to to protect their community and do this and do stuff like that, right? Okay, now place like Patterson, for example, right? Inner city place, wild stuff. People get shot like every day, every other like legit, no joke. Like every day, every yeah. day someone's getting killed here, yeah, you know, or hurt. Now, you're an officer, and you live in this city, and you just busted a drug dealer, or your friends busted some drug dealers. You know what I mean? Some of your officers busted some bad guys and put them away. And now the bad guys know not just where you live, but where your your children live and where your children go to school. Yeah. So I understand the policing policing your community thing, and I understand living within your community, and I would encourage it. Because first off, for you to be a police officer to live in the community you're policing, for one, it takes a tremendous amount of intestinal fortitude to do something like that, yeah. and 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 understand the threat you're up against and still do it. The only reason why I support officers from out of district being in district is for that reason alone. But now here's the here's the flip side though, because like I said, let's play devil's advocate. The flip yeah. side is because they're not from this district, they police with a different kind of bias. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, in order to answer that question, you got to see both sides. Like, what's worth the risk? You know, an officer losing their life, and now you're one officer down, or an officer who may or who, who may operate with a bias and doesn't live in the area, doesn't have to risk their family. See, the good mm-hmm. thing about an officer not being in, in, in the community is, they, there's for one, there's no risk to their family. None of that stuff kind of happens. Two, they can have an unbiased view on how to police. Yes. The problem is, yes. sometimes that unbiased view can go too far. Yeah, you understand? Hence why police form is, rec- is 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 needed. You should be incentivized to do the right thing. If we have a training record of everything you went through, and you went to go do it the other way, the union can't protect you. That's the that's the bill yeah. in a short in a, in a very short uh, answer here.
0: Yeah, and you know, on the flip side of that is if you live in the community, you can be biased also in the wrong way. Like, oh, I live here, I know this guy, or he goes to school, his kids go to school with my kids. I should probably ease up a little bit. Correct. So, yeah, I think, right. I think that's a I think that's a great idea in safe neighborhoods. But when you're in neighborhoods where there's a lot of violence, I don't think it works as well. You know, I've, yeah. I've personally seen like a nightclubs where I'm at a nightclub with friends, whatever, and we'll see a police officer walk in and somebody, not one of my personal friends, but somebody that's kind of in the group, walk up to a police officer and start saying stuff to them like, hey, you know who I am. If you ever come near me, blah, 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 all this stuff. And the police officer's like, hey, I'm just here to have a good time, trying to have drinks. I was like, "Man, that's uh, yeah, has got some guts to come to this club and live where he works." So when I think about that, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to have that, you know.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of the few things that um and it's funny because I and that's that's one of the cool things about and I'm I'm very happy. I'm actually very happy that the police officers were willing to sit down and at least speak with me yeah. and hear my side. They didn't just rip me apart. In fact, they would reach out to me like, "Hey, we love the idea." Which I Mm. thought it was great. I was expecting them to be like, no, Bill. But they they enjoyed it because the truth is the police officers want accountability just like we want accountability. There's scumbags in the force. They know there's scumbags in the force. It's just hard to get rid of them when they're protected. You know what I mean? Mm. They want to protect the officers that are doing the right thing, all right, and not just protect everybody blanket. The the officers that I've spoken with, and I'd say at this point about maybe 300, I'd say Mm. about maybe 297 of them agree.
0: Yeah, yeah, a majority of them want to do a good job. You know, yeah, but, of course. You know, so I mean, that you're not, small you're not percentage. are not going
1: to put on that uniform and put yourself at risk to be a scumbag. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah. There are officers that say, "Hey, I don't care; it's just a paycheck." And yeah. these are the officers that need to go. You yeah. shouldn't be on there if you're here for a paycheck. Go drive trucks if you want to do that.
0: Yeah, let's uh, let's back up a little bit and get into you know a little bit about you growing up. You were in the military as as well, right? Yeah. Okay, so if you don't mind sharing a little bit about your about yourself, like life growing up and things like that.
1: Um, my upbringing story is kind of corny. Well, not really corny, but it's <laughs> like you know, we we you know, we weren't rich kids. You know, yeah. Growing up, my parents they had a house. You we were one of the few people that I knew that had a house. But you know, no big deal because we lived right around the corner from the Fifth Ave Projects. We're all in the same boat here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Same. House or yeah. no house, it's still broke. <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, you know, so growing up, you know, it wasn't it, it wasn't um. It wasn't a tough upbringing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Was, and also, growing up back then, and, and the Patterson back then was very different, because there was numerous projects back then. The Ave projects that grew up around doesn't exist anymore. Now they're building, like, senior oh, facilities really? right now. But, you know, there was the Ave projects, there was the CCP projects, not not uh, Communist Chinese Party, but Christopher I was, Columbus. I was going to say. No, Christopher Columbus projects, <laughs> okay. uh, Alabama projects, and then there was the towers. Right now just the towers exist, but yeah. three of them are gone. Uh, right now. And even with all the projects and all the crime and stuff, there was a lot of drug dealing. There was mm-hmm. a lot of car theft and, you know, stuff like that. But people weren't getting shot and killed, like, today. Today, it's yeah. doesn't make any sense how many people – I've never seen so many people getting shot and killed, like, throughout my life. Um, so it's – it's it, it was – you know, I was I was a fairly good kid, mischievous kid, I would say, but every yeah. kid was mischievous, you know, playing yeah. little pranks, ha-has, whatever. You know, nothing too crazy. You know, my father passed away when I was 16 years old. Around that time, I kind of tried to figure out, you know, the direction of what I needed. Like, how do I be a man? How do I keep the family going? How do I help? And you know, there were so many other things going on um, that by the time I was able to go into uh, college, when I was about 19, yeah, I was 18 because I turned 19 in boot camp. So I was 18 years old. Um, and, you know, I'm in college. I'm trying to do this. My mom's struggling with work. I'm working a part-time job at Hollister. And, you know, we were constantly on the verge of losing the house, constantly. And, you know, Jeez. God bless my mother, man, because she was yeah. able to hold it down for like another 16 years before we were all grown adults. So God bless yeah. her for doing that. Um, you know, but even, even with that. Um, there was not much I could really do. So I was like, you know, I love this country. This country really gave a lot to my family. I mean, like, hell, bro, I could be an Africa in rocks for all I know, dude. Like, you know, yeah. heck, I might not even exist if we stayed yeah. in Africa. Like, my, I, I could have probably been, you know, not existing, you know. And yeah. and, and to, to even have the opportunity to be in the United States and do what, what we're doing right now. I said, you know, well, what better way to give back? And uh, initially I wanted to join the Marine Corps for whatever reason. They didn't want to take me. You know, like your ASVAB score is pretty good. Why do you want to be an in infantry? Yeah. Went back and forth. And they just eventually they pushed me over to the Air Force, which I didn't want to join at first. But it grew on me, and I was like, Nah, Air Force is cooler. <laughs> and I, yeah. I enjoyed it. So <laughs> shout out to those Marines that kind of guided me on a different path. Um, but uh, you know, did that work? I did a uh, two Alpha Six X which is um, aerospace, ground equipment, mechanic, maintenance. Um, What I did was I I worked on the ground support equipment, stuff that was used to service and maintain the planes before they went into um, sorties or combat or anything like that. That's what I worked on. Um, I wasn't a plane mechanic. A lot of people think I'm a plane mechanic. Now, I worked on the machine that connected to the planes, the stuff like that. Yeah, I wish. That was cool, but no. Yeah. Yeah, you got to clear that up. So, yeah, I did that for a little bit. Um, around 2010 is when the Arab Spring happened, all that wild madness was going on, and uh, Barack Obama decided to go and bomb Libya. Mm-hmm. At this time, Congress is on recess. Nobody's really um, in Congress to to really decide on whether this was a good idea or not. There was no declaration of war signed, so he used NATO to use our forces to go and bomb Libya, right? Mm-hmm. which had nothing to do with us. And when I started to do my research and I found out that these guys were bombing the roads, bombing the farms, bombing hospitals, and I'm like, this yeah. is a pure violation of the Geneva Conventions. Like, why on earth would anybody um, back this kind of stuff? And mm. I just was like, you know what? I'm done. I, I, I just stopped following orders and said, listen, I'm done. Was like, I signed up to defend our country. I did not sign up to go and bomb Libya while Congress mm. is on. This has nothing to do with us. This has nothing. And the funniest thing is there's some people that'll come and tell me like you're not a real veteran you quit Hmm. i quit listen my oath was to defend the united states constitution against all enemies foreign and domestic Hmm. that is my job my job is not to be a hitman for the government not even our Hmm. government but to be a hitman for nato that's not my job that's not what i signed up for so when when people say that you quit it's like the people that blindly vote for Biden because, oh, he's president. Therefore, vote for Biden. Or, or, or I like Biden because Democrat. No, no, no. You got to be able to think for yourself. You know what I mean? And understand what's right. Because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, the only person whose judgment is going to matter is God at yes. the end of the day. And I, I could, listen, I could with good faith say, listen, it was worth it to take that Article 15 and walk away from this corruption I wanted nothing to deal with. Because I know when I look God in the face and go, yo, bro, you didn't take part in that. You know, you had the opportunity to stick around, but you took the punishment. You got in trouble. You walked out, and you let it go. You did the right thing, and I and, and there's no one that can ever make me feel shame for that. You know, that can yeah. ever make And I, I'm I'm proud of what I've done because looking yeah. back at seeing how our country's gone and what's happening in Africa and how people are being sold off into slavery since the death of Gaddafi and it's still going on to this day, mm. I can say with full faith God's gonna give me a high five. Yeah
0: yeah it's like if somebody's in the nba for five years and then quits or retires or whatever they're not going to say oh you weren't an nba player you're not an no. ex-nba player no. you were in you did your, you did it yeah 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 it's it's uh you know these past i've been in japan now for 10 years so it's kind of hard for me to keep up with what's really going on in the states i just kind of see so biased recently like if, if I look at the news here in Japan, it seems like all of America is so divided. And then I talk to my friends there, and a lot of them are just like, hey, if you stop watching the news and just talk to people, you'll realize there's still a lot, a lot of unity here. But oh, yeah. the media just keeps trying to divide and divide people, and it's it seems to be working. Social media, too.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that's the, that's the scariest thing because when I start to see how how people outside of the United States perceive what's going on in America. Yeah. You know, a lot of that's attributed to what the media puts out. Yeah. And what the media says and how they, they carry it. So they make us seem like we're a bunch of barbarians here in the United States mm-hmm. and nothing can be further from the truth. Yeah. You know, um, the, the 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 media is, however, you know, putting people in a position where it's like everybody's got a gun aimed at each other. And, you know, yeah. and, and for the most part, it's all misunderstanding because there's a lot of people that I've met who – are totally, completely different sides of the spectrum. We just didn't even want to hear each to the side. And you have a normal conversation. If they don't even know what your political game is and you have a dialogue, mm. you'd be surprised how much we actually meet in the middle. We meet in the middle quite well. you know. And there's a lot of things we agree on. We're both getting screwed on both sides. They know we're getting screwed on both sides. So what are we going to yeah. do about it? You know? Truth be told, yeah. and I firmly believe like the reason why our parties have gone so rogue and they've gone these really completely different directions is because there's no people like us in government. Mm. It's all a bunch of suit and tie, Ivy League, you know, glasses wearing, no, never punched in the face. These are, these are the people that I like to call, and the people in my crew like to call the suit and tie guys, right? Mm. The suit and tie guys are, I'm so proper, I'm so a politician, 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 you know, my glasses mm. are shined, and you know, I got the handkerchief, and I smoke a cigar, you know, but these guys have no real world experience. They have talking yeah. experience, but they've never walked the walk. We need yeah. people that walk the walk to actually be in government. Our Constitution wasn't designed for, you know, suit and tie guys. The Constitution yeah. was made for a farmer, dude. For yeah. a regular guy. You don't need to know yeah. too much about how our government works. You have the right to say and do what you want. You have the right to overthrow your government when they start going crazy, hence the reason why you have the Second Amendment. And you have the right to defend yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You have the right to protect it. Very basic. Yeah. And we need people that are willing to represent the people in their community. You think there was a suit and tie guy in every single one of these rural parts of the country or these little areas, little colonies? No, there were probably like very educated people, sure, but were they always the ones? No, the country was founded by a bunch of a bunch of ragtag random dudes who just said, you know what, let's pick up some muskets and shoot these dudes, like screw them, regular people. And somehow, because and then there's people that say, Billy, you're not a politician, you're not professional, you're so you're you edge, you're too ghetto for politics, you know, Democrats, seeing this nonsense, Mm. and I'm like. Ghetto for politics, the Constitution was designed for ghetto guys in politics. It was, if that's what they're calling me, ghetto guys. Like, yeah. it was designed for regular people. It's That's why it's not a complicated document. You know, you look at a lawsuit and you read it, it's, it's like written in Shakespeare. The yeah. Constitution, it's clear as day why it was written the way it was. You know, and all we need to do is elect people that are willing—not even willing—that are going to. It's not even yeah. up for debate. It should be completely mandatory. If you're not upholding the Constitution, you should be gone. You should not be in the office. If you don't—if you can't swear an oath to defend the Constitution, if you can't actively defend the Constitution, if you ever even advocate for any kind—me personally, I'm a little bit of an extremist with mm. the Constitution. But it's like if you swear an oath on the Constitution, whether it be to join the military or to go inside of government whether it be Congress, city hall, or even council or something small like city clerk, if you swear Mm. an oath on the constitution to do that and you violate the constitution even in the slightest, you should do a mandatory prison sentence of five years. That's my opinion. Mm. Because if you swear an oath, you are swearing an oath to not only defend the constitution, but to defend the people that you have been chosen to represent. And if you bend in any way to violate that, you deserve without question five years in prison.
0: Yeah. Well, I think something like that before that goes into effect, they need to decide, okay, this means this and this means what? Because it, it would be easy for the opposing party to kind of misconstrue whatever
1: well, very is simple. written
0: on there and take it into their own hands.
1: You see, but the thing is, the Constitution is very simple, right? Mm. Freedom of speech, for example, right? Yeah. Any one of these politicians that advocate for the, for the, the shutdown of parlor or censoring the president, you should not only be impeached, you should face prison time. Hmm hundred percent because it's like listen if if, if somebody censored joe biden and a conservative supported that you should go to prison you can't call yourself a patriot or call yourself an american and advocate for someone else's rights to be taken just because you don't agree with them i don't agree with a lot of people's rights
0: yeah
1: but it's still your right to spread nonsense it's still your right whether we like it or not it's your right and if i take away that person's right who's to say that they can't take away mine and if it's going to be one side, where only this one side gets to have rights and the other sides don't, anybody who backs that, you need to go to prison, 100%. Yeah. And it's not complicated. It's not. It's not a difficult job. All right, uphold the Constitution. Do what the people ask you to do. That's why they voted mm-hmm. for you. If you can't do it, get out. Yeah,
0: find something else. You know, I always, I always hear people saying like, "Oh, the world is laughing at us." Democrats would always say that about Trump. "Oh, the world is laughing at us." But what they don't show is here in Japan in the last like 3 or 4 weeks there have been i have seen uh, three different uh, marches in the streets of japanese people most of them are about uh, 50 and over they have american flags and there's there's chanting stop the steal trump wins japan wins it's it's been in tokyo i believe they had one in osaka and one other place thousands of people Nigeria. thousands of oh, japanese cool. did they yeah. yeah here in japan they're they're walking down the streets with their flags and everything because they understand that you know Trump was kind of backing Japan versus against you know China and other countries kind of helping keep the peace and stuff but it's it's funny to me to hear people say the world is laughing at us but they've never been anywhere outside of the nope. US
1: exactly yeah. and they've got no you clue know. they've got no clue what's going yeah. on which is unfortunate and that goes for both sides you know cuz I yeah. see Republicans saying like the world's laughing at us yeah no they're not if, yeah. if they're laughing at anybody, they're laughing at you and yeah. what you're doing, you know. But anybody can spin a narrative, man. That's why I got a giant, beautiful, fifty-five-inch Roku TV in here. I turn this thing on probably once every seven months, yeah. You know? And that's to like play video games or watch a YouTube video <laughs> or something, you know. Like I never turn, and there's nothing on television anymore. You know, it's all, it's all, it's 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 all it's all stuff to control the minds of the people you know not a lot yeah. of the stuff that's on there isn't legitimate it's all vulgar music terrible television with, with with terrible language that they're feeding to your children and you know and lies from the media so you can't even get the truth from there so what's the point in turning this dang thing on
0: yeah the music's another thing that really gets me you know i i grew up on hip-hop listening too yeah. short and all that kind of stuff it wasn't great but it just seems to be getting worse and worse and we didn't have music videos like they do now and we didn't have social media where young boys, young girls are watching this stuff and thinking that that's normal and that's okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's crazy. You know, and I, I couldn't stop laughing. I think it was yesterday or the day before that. I saw an article where uh, uh, Trump pardoned uh, somebody from uh, Death Row Records, I believe, and Snoop was involved and helped the guy get pardoned. But if you think back, there's a video of Snoop Dogg making a video holding a gun to Trump's head and pulling the trigger, but now they're working together to get this guy released, it's like, come on. And he was also at the Trump roast.
1: It's hypocrisy, you know what I'm saying, it's like everybody loved him until he ran against your agenda, Yeah. you know, and the thing that pisses me off is there's so many people that are willing to just sit down and say, hey, you know what, screw it, I'm just gonna roll with whatever the line wants to talk about, with whatever the party wants to say, whatever the cool kids, whatever the clique wants to say. I'd rather do it, and so people don't lose clout, so they don't lose um, any kind of whatever they want to call it. They're yeah. willing to roll that way, you know, even if yeah. it means selling their soul. And by selling their soul, I'm talking about selling their dignity, you know what yeah. I mean? Their their own self-respect, their own their own thoughts, their own beliefs, for the sake of being accepted and maintaining that cash flow. Mm. Like LeBron, he'll sell out the whole entire yeah. United States for a multi-billion-dollar deal from China. He doesn't care.
0: Yeah, when he was asked about China, he's like, "Oh, I don't know about that." Okay, yeah, of
1: course you don't. You don't care about the Christians that are being persecuted over there, or the Uyghur Muslims that are being locked in the camps. You don't care yeah. about any of that kind of stuff. But America's so oppressive, even though you, as a black yeah. man, are making more money than seventeen of me will ever see. Yeah, <laughs> you know,
0: well, it's 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 interesting. He uh it, it didn't disclose how much he paid, but it, but it, if I remember correctly, he paid millions of dollars to help. Uh, uh, convicted felons in Florida get the right back to vote. Yeah. For for this last election, I mean, Trump still won Florida, so I guess it didn't didn't work in Florida. But he doesn't even live in Florida; he's got a couple mansions in Beverly Hills.
1: Well, so. because it's got nothing to do with Florida; he has got everything to yeah. do with the agenda. It's like, yeah. hey, man, we're trying to. The way I look at him, like, and that's the thing that that's kind of upsetting is people are like, why would you advocate for something like that? Right? oh, felons deserve a right to vote. Really? Why don't you help the people? For example, if you remember a while back they were saying that the real ID was racist, right? Mm, that yes. most black people can't go out and get, get IDs. I remember I was having a conversation yeah. with one of my friends from from Mumbai, we we're sitting down yeah. and he's talking, he's like, he's like, it's so funny how in America like, like they say that, that 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 getting the real ID is so racist. He's like, yo, bro, in India? He was like, everybody, and I don't know how true this is, it's just based off of what he told me. Mm. He says, in India, everybody has like two types of IDs. There's like one for like generic personal ID, driver's license mm. kind of thing, and then there's a voter ID. That hmm. every citizen in the country in the entire country has one of these. Even the people in the villages have these. You cannot vote without this ID.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm like, India's got that. Really? Yeah. I, I, and I, you know what? It's funny that, that we're having this conversation because this was maybe like two or three years ago when he told me this. I want to look and double-check it if, if that's true. And even yeah. if it's not, because I know there's some places in Africa where it's like that for sure. Mm-hmm. I know that for a mm-hmm. fact. But I'm like, India? Really? Huh? That's billions yeah. of people. That's a serious... I was going to say, wanna, they only have a couple of few... Food- you want to talk about poverty? You want to talk about, oh, these people are too poor uh-huh. to get to the DMV? But the guy in the village somewhere in, in India who's just, you know, chilling out, he's got one? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's an irrational excuse.
0: Yeah, I remember watching a reporter going into uh, minority neighborhoods and asking people like, hey, what do you think about this? Where they're saying that minorities don't that. know where to get it and, you know, they don't have internet. And they're like, we all have smartphones. Yeah, like, we all have driver's license.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know what's when you're talking about. They asked a bunch of like suburban liberals that question first. Yeah. But, oh yeah, it's yeah. hard for them eh. in a very condescending. way. And the thing that's the thing that was messed up is uh, they were being so sincere. They really, yes. really, really thought yes. that yeah, black people are are struggling so bad yeah. they can't get IDs. It's so messed up. It's so racist. Yeah. They want to do this to them. And they asked the black people, and they're like, what? Like, do you know what a DMV is? I'm like, bro, if you go down that place, make a right, make a left, make a right. The DMV is right. What are you talking? Huh? They said yeah. wow. It's, it's shocking. Because you're like, well, that that really shows you what these people really think about you, you know? Yeah. But then when it comes time to vote, we, we need your vote. We care about you. Yes. Here's a turkey for Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, going back to, to talking about like uh, Latinos being more conservative and everything, which I do agree with. Uh, most of them are God-fearing people, and so I'm always really surprised when they're supporting Democrats who, you know, yeah. support abortion. You know, they want to have like on-demand abortion. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it just comes back to like immigration. You know, my my family came to the U.S. We came across the border. Uh, my parents brought five of the children that were between, I think, ten and two, and then I came across, you know, through the border, and. But back then, it was a different time, too. People were coming to work. Right. Know, people were coming. There there was some people causing trouble, but not like now. Now it's completely different. And I don't think there should be open borders or anything like that. But, you know, America is a land of immigrants. So there's got to be something for not only people from Mexico, but people from other other countries that want to come in and help make America better, there has I to agree. be some type of program for that. But open borders, that's uh, that's not the way to go.
1: You see, it's like here's the problem. It's like the truth is, and it's like a, a part of me feels like that this is by design. I'm like uh, a Republican will never win win another race in New Jersey ever again. Not even New yeah. Jersey, but like um, the country. California. I say, the, the presidency. Yeah. The presidency, maybe certain states will win, but mm. the presidency it's practically never going to happen ever again because okay. there's 11 million illegal immigrants. Joe Biden wants to make every single one of them a citizen overnight. Mm-hmm. There's about a hundred thousand illegals at the Southern border. If you make it here in the next hundred days of his first presidency, you'll become an, a citizen overnight. Guess who mm-hmm. those people are going to vote for? Yeah. Well, Democrat.
0: Well, I think in the beginning they will, but you know, if, if, if you look at the numbers, a lot of Latinos are starting to come more to the right, and hopefully, I mean, I, th- yeah, that is crazy to just automatically make everybody legal without checking backgrounds. Yeah, you know, forget if, about if a lot the, of them are already the people here. People
1: who are waiting in line for such a long time, like, like yeah. to me, I, I, I feel like it's, I, I take it very personal those kinds mm. of things, man, and me. I was blessed to be born in America. Some people are like, oh, you can't say that because you're privileged. You've never been in that situation. I'm like, I haven't, but my mother has. Mm. All right? My mother was in wild poverty in Africa. All right? Mm. About 13 of our relatives living in a tiny kitchen, bunk beds. Well, it was a kitchen. They moved out the, the stove and all that stuff and turned it into a room where they just had to live in, right? For years. 18 years old, my mom goes to the United Kingdom, busts her face, saves up some money, comes to the United States with my father right, they get married, we buy a home, all through the process legally, right? Mm. My mom brought all 14, almost 17, actually, I should say almost 17, if we want to count the other people, whatever. Yeah. about 17 people to the United States, all of them legally, all of them swearing yeah. an oath, all of them going through the process. So I'm like, when someone's like, oh, I'm in poverty, therefore, I should just walk across the line, it sounds cruel, but I honestly mm. don't care, because it's like, listen, the truth is, If your country is messed up and you've got criminals in your country, got bad things in your country, especially when you're young, if you're old Mm. and whatever, first of all, you shouldn't be making that kind of trip. That's one thing. But if you're Mm. young, it pisses me off to see young people that are my age or if not a little bit younger than me. And they're like, I'm going to abandon my country to come to America at a time while your country's in turmoil, your country needs you the most to Mm. fight for your country. Your country needs strong men. Your country needs leaders. Your country needs fighters to take your country back. If the solution to your problem is just go to America, and that's everybody's solution, what about your country? What about the people that are back there? The, your country isn't growing. People aren't reproducing. People, aren't, of course, they are. The yeah. problems aren't going to change. And if you come here and you live here, you think that problem is not going to follow you? We got to resolve it right where it's at. You know, and it's like, it, 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 it see, look, me. I, I'm, I'm cut from a different cloth with a lot of people. was like me, I'm willing to put, put it all on the line for freedom. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like if I have to subject myself to somebody else, if somebody wants to be a mob boss or a gangster, or and I've had some very bad dudes come at me throughout my life, right? Mm. If somebody's going to come at me and try and violate me or try and violate my family or try and harm me, you better kill me where I stand because I'm not backing down. If you hurt my friends, you hurt my family, you try and affect us, you try and harm my country, I'm not backing down. The problem is there's so many people that they cower, they get afraid, they buckle under pressure. It's always easy to look for the simpler solution. You know what I mean? When the truth be told, like what, really, what really demonstrates the quality of of, of of men is the ability to still be able to maneuver, even in the time of conflict. You know what I'm saying? Imagine where all of our countries imagine where a lot of these countries that are in really bad shape would be if the people actually just said, Screw this. If they're already oppressing you, if they're already holding you down, what do you have to lose? Death? That's where God comes in. You have nothing to yeah. fear. You have nothing to fear.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I understand that. And you know, talking about like the legal process, you know, your parents were in a bad situation. They decided to come to America to make their life better as well. Right. So so they came here for a for for a, you know, for a better life. But when you're coming from I can only speak from Mexico because, you know, that's that's my where I came from. But there is no really legal process to come in. That's why a lot of them are coming illegally, like to come into the US, believe the process is almost non-existent. I could be wrong on that. It could be different now. But um, so I think that's part of the issue with that and
1: what, what, a lot what, of people it's that possible for someone from mexico to come in but it's possible for someone from ghana thousands of miles away in the 80s to do it well i what
0: i'm what i'm referring to is like the process of paperwork and uh applying and things like that well um, yeah i mean I everybody's, everybody's got exactly
1: paperwork, though yeah so, so i mean like whether I'm, I'm pretty sure mexico has access to that paperwork
0: hmm what
1: do you know what
0: the application process was like what they had to. What were the reasons that they had to show that they wanted to come to America
1: at that time? What they had is what, what my when my family came in.
0: Yeah, they had to, like they you had gotta to, say why you
1: wanna. They basically had to demonstrate that if they come to the United States, they wouldn't be a financial burden, right? Okay. And the way that that was passed along was well, I'm being sponsored. In this case, my parents who have a home, you know, who are gonna help with a job, and you know, they've got a car, they've got all this stuff, and they did. My father bought a car for every single one of them that came. You know, um, it wasn't easy. And the thing that sucks is because, like, had my parents not spent all this money on bringing bringing my relatives to this country, I would have never went to the to the military. All of us yeah. could have gone to college twice with the amount of money they put into this.
0: So your you parents know? had a sponsor to come in as well, huh? Your parents had a sponsor that helped them get into the U.S.
1: No. So what happened was what happened was before my mother before my mother married my father. She was married to another man in England, right? Oh, okay. And that man, that okay. man was an American. He was from Ghana as well too, but he was already an American. And they okay. were married for about, I think, three years or something. And he just kept cheating on her, scumbag. And they eventually yeah. separated. But my mom was a citizen through marriage. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then when so she it's... met my father, then then they came in. She, and, but she had to, right? My father, my father, when they got before they got married, my father actually had to go back to Ghana for some years, mm. right, yes. with my older brother, because my older brother Johnny. When my parents got when my parents um, uh, conceived of my brother, they weren't married yet. They were just kind of dating at this point. So my mother was like, "Take my brother." She she brought she brought my brother Johnny to Ghana, and my father raised him for a little bit while my mother was working on his paperwork in America to sponsor him over on a fiance visa, marry him, and then the rest of the family.
0: Yeah, that that process we have that same process as well, where you can sponsor people. But I'm talking about like the initial. Like for your mother to get here would have been very difficult if she hadn't been previously married, right?
1: Um, yes and no. Because yeah. what my mom, what my mom also did though, because the, the, like, because her initial plan, her mm-hmm. initial plan, because like, in in a, to, to to become a citizen in America, I don't know if it's changed, but at that time you either had to be a citizen. Work visas, I believe, weren't they weren't that there weren't as many work visas back then as there were today. So at that at that mm-hmm. time it was more so you either got married into becoming an American, you were born in America or you had enough of a financial uh, you you had enough financial support where you wouldn't be a burden on society yeah. from the time my mother was 18 until she was about I think she was like 28 or something by the time she married mm. my father she saved practically every single dime that she had so when she came yeah. to America she was able to put a huge down payment on a home and she was already established so mm. even if he, even if she didn't get married she still she already knew what she was going to do mm. she went to England and the only reason why she went to England is because England colonized Ghana yeah. So, oh, really? So, yes. So England colonized okay. Ghana. So to become – well, and, and it wasn't – she didn't even become a citizen of England. She was more she was on a work visa there. So mm. you could get work visas very easily. The same way Jamaicans can go right to England, it's no problem because they were colonized. Mm. Same thing. So she went there. She worked for a bit, stacked up some money. And whether she got married to, to, to her, her her first husband or not, first husband. she was. She already had it in her mind to save yeah. money. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, Yeah. And I think I think that's, you know, back to what I was I was saying, is I think that's one reason a lot of uh, Latinos tend to vote Democrat. And like I said, I don't think there should be open borders. I think if people need to come in to work because, you know, I grew up in a farming community like picking apples and all that kind of stuff. The only kind of people I ever saw out there working were people that looked like me. I never you know. So when we would hear like unemployment numbers, like, what are they talking about? There's work everywhere. You just show up, tell people you oh, want yeah. to work. They'll give you a ladder. They'll give you a bag. Get to work. We never understood unemployment numbers. Correct. And when they would talk about, like, we're stealing jobs, we're like, come on out here. We'll work right next to us. Nobody. There was always people that looked just like us. So that's one thing that I believe Latinos tend to vote. But their ideas of family and religion are Usually on the right, and I hope a lot of them start to realize that the left is just starting to take all that away from everybody. You know, if if you believe in God, you're like the enemy now. It's crazy.
1: You know what I think is going to end up happening, and it's funny mm-hmm. what you said because and because when you said it, you got me to really start thinking about it. It's like earlier on, when I was like, "Yo, they're going to have 11 million immigrants. Guess who they're going to vote mm-hmm. for? They're going to vote for Democrat." And You were like, "Not necessarily," because like, or at least maybe in the beginning. And you're right, because sure. Eleven million immigrants are probably going to vote for 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 Joe Biden very beginning. Hey, you know what? He gave us amnesty, whatever, right? Yeah. But if you left oppression, this is this is the way the way that I see it. Like if you left oppression, and you left the crappy situation to come to America to, so that it is better, I would hope, I mm. would hope that you don't think selfishly and realize, hey. If we don't do something we're gonna lose america just just like we lost our last country
0: we're gonna go back to what we came what we left
1: yeah and i i i, I pray to god that they see that yeah you know i pray to god that they i like think that will not. happen it's just more a matter yeah. of when
0: yes that's that's going to be it's it's a matter of when and it's also going to be a matter of how they are spoken to if they're addressed you know when you look back at 2020 nobody was talking about latinos i mean we're we're killed by police we're you know there's a yeah. lot of bad stuff happening to us too I looked up the statistics yesterday. I believe we're 18% of the population, and I think it was uh, we're 90. I think it was 90 below what police killed unarmed black men, right? But we're we're 18% of the population. But there was no talk about anything that's going on with with Latinos, right? In, tw- in 2020, and a lot of that has to do with us. We need to stand up and speak as well, you know. And I'm not. I'm not talking about getting out there and marching and destroying property. Not at all. No. Getting out and voting. A lot of our people don't vote either. That's that's another one of the big that's problems. True. You, you don't get out it, and it, vote. It's
1: funny that you bring that up because like one of the largest it, – it, it's funny because in, in my district, for example, there are 69,362 Republicans. I know them yeah. to the map because they're so damn small. Yeah. There's 202,000-something Democrats, but there's 179,000 unaffiliated voters. So the unaffiliated voters dwarf the Republicans. If the Republicans actually did the work and reached out to every single one of those Democrats that are out there, the Republican Party could easily be on par yes. with the Democrats, if not bigger. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not doing it because they have no incentive in doing
0: it. Yeah. You know, most of the Mexican people that I know, that I grew up with, they didn't come here for a handout. Like we used to have welfare coming to our house, telling my dad to take welfare because he had six kids. My dad's like, we didn't come here for that. We came to work. You know, So my dad never took it, and they would just keep coming to our house trying to get him to take it, and my That's dad always refused it. Yeah, my dad would always refuse it, and he's like, no, we came here to work. We didn't come here for free stuff. So my dad always told us, whatever you get, you work for it. Don't take free stuff from anybody because you're always going to owe them something, and they will come back to collect.
1: hundred yeah. percent.
0: Are you good on time? It's 10.40.
1: Um, I got to wrap up in about maybe four or five minutes, but yeah. Four, okay, okay. Well, no, we actually – wow, an hour's passed. Yeah, quite fast.
0: Time goes by quick,
1: yeah. You know,
0: so what I'm hoping is going to happen in the future is, of course, unity from both sides, because there's such a small percentage of Democrats and such a small percentage of Republicans that just hate each other and won't listen to anything the other one says, even if it's correct. And that's affecting everybody. And like you said, I I got people that are completely the other side of what I think, but when we don't talk politics, we have a great time. So if you can start off with that and then slowly start talking about, hey, this is what we have in common and this is what we don't have in common. How can we meet in the middle and how can we fix this? Yeah, I think that'll be a big, uh, big help for the future of America.
1: Well, it's, it's like right now what America needs more than anything is, um, is, is uh, I think America kind of just needs a reality check right yeah. now at this point. And I think that's, that's sad is I don't, I don't I see that reality check coming quite soon. I'm, yeah. so I'm assuming in the next couple of months because it's like yeah. people, the people that voted for Biden just to get rid of Trump are going to mm. realize, wait a minute, why did we do this? Yes. And then the people that turned their backs on Trump or even hated Trump are going to question, yeah. well, why did we do this? Wow, we really put ourselves in a situation. I just pray that it's not too late by then. Right now, Joe Biden is first, literally the first, the second he got in office, he's undoing everything the president yes. has done. Everything yep. from Restrictions the on pipeline, abortion. the tax cuts, yeah. increasing the minimum wage, wants yeah. to send another $2 trillion in stimulus to us, but then send even yeah. more overseas, increase yeah. the taxes. Come on. Yep. You know, it's, it's –
0: I've seen a lot no, of Democrats. Man. I've seen a lot of Democrats post on social media like, "Where's my two thousand? I voted. Where's my two thousand? Where's my two thousand dollars?" Yeah,
1: that's that's how simple-minded they are. You could yeah. sell your entire nation out for two thousand bucks. Two
0: thousand. While and they'll, then...
1: give, they'll give fifteen million dollars to Pakistan for gender studies.
0: Yeah, yeah, gender studies. That's you the know the other problem. crazy thing is, is they're trying to take out he and she, father, mother, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. In Congress.
1: Yeah, because they're trying to make it into this inclusive thing. Because at the end of the day, yeah. what they're really trying to do is they're just trying to and look, we're gonna go a little religious here. What yeah. they're trying to do Good. is they're trying they're 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 completely trying to wipe out the face of God in I humanity. So. That's what they're trying to do. They're yeah. trying to wipe out the existence of God at all. We don't want them to know what's men, what's woman, what's real, what's fake, what's yeah. What's anything, you know? You could be whatever you want. You could be black yeah. today, you could be white tomorrow, you could be woman today, you could be woman tomorrow, you could, you could be cyborg today, you could do whatever you want. How can we make humanity as ugly in the eyes of God as possible? Yep. Deny your own existence and believe yep. you're something that you're not.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, and as far as going religious right here, Lord's I army. I like that.
1: That <laughs> yeah. a of the, uh, the the LA gear sneakers, you remember those? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty tight. I'll,
0: I'll send you one of these. This is part of my apparel company. Oh, I would love that. That's, that yeah, that's I'll awesome. send you one. I'll send you one. Yeah, Great. I think faith faith is the cornerstone of, of everything that we do. Not for everybody, but for a lot of us. And if we can come together in that, that's going to help solve a lot of our yeah. problems, and you know, and, and even if there's somebody that doesn't have the same faith as you, don't reject them, don't push them away. You, you can still work together. You can still respect and love each other.
1: Absolutely. And you know, so. right now, right now, America, not even just America, the world needs Christ now more than ever. Yes. Um, it's yes. funny. I remember being a kid, and you know, my mom reading about this and being in Bible study and talking about the end times and all this stuff, and I'm like, yeah, this is all hokey. Blah 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 blah. Sure. Fast forward to 2020, I would say fast forward to like 2018, I should say. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it started to become quite apparent that it's like, no, we are in the end times. There's nothing but lies. You know, everybody is whatever the heck they say they are. And we got famine all across the damn yeah. world. People are starving. Plagues, yeah. COVID-19. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all this really crazy stuff is going on. And people are falling yeah. further and further away.
0: Yeah. Yes. You know, and instead of people coming together or, or, you know, being more united with Christ when the times are getting harder, every, a lot of them are falling away, which is, that's what the enemy wants, you know? Yeah. But w- we stand strong and I'll pray with you, brother.
1: Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. All right, man. Thanks for having me on Thank you so much, bro.
0: Hey, I appreciate you, man. And, uh, you know, maybe, uh, in the next uh, month or so, we can jump on again and have a little longer conversation. But I know you got to go.
1: Oh, I'd love to, brother. I'd love to, man. Okay. I'm always open. This was a great conversation, okay. man. And, Appreciate um, it, man. Thank you so much, brother. God bless. All right.
0: All right. God bless.
1: Take care.